When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome into Judd's Hockey Podcast. Zolgad, it's Declan Goff. It's a show about, well, largely about a hockey team that, hey, finally got its first win. Hey. The Minnesota win. The Minnesota Wild wins Declan Goff and starts off 1-4-0. We are taping this, recording this on Tuesday. They'll play at Toronto um, this evening. They obviously beat Ottawa on Monday after going 0-4. The worst start in franchise history, I think, was 0-3, so now 0-4 sets that. Anyway. Uh, your thoughts so far, we, we both were at the um, the home opener, which of the five games has been the only game that they played the X so far. A loss to Pittsburgh that was pretty ugly on Saturday. But your initial takeaways from the 2019-20 campaign? Well, on Saturday, it was the kind of the same old story that we've seen. We saw a team that I thought out-possessed and out-shot Pittsburgh, but they were just crushed by Sidney Crosby. And, and not to backpedal a little bit, but that Pittsburgh Penguins team is not very good right now. It's shorthanded. They're oh. without Malkin. They're without Bukes. They're still a good team. Five guys, right? Yeah, they're, they're without some really key cogs. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a winnable game mm-hmm. with the way they played. But once again, for the third straight night, they got out finessed by Star Power. That time it was Sidney Crosby. We saw against the Jets, it was Line and Shifley. We saw against the Avalanche, it was Landis, Gog, Rotten, and McKinnon. They, this offense can show that they can drive possession and shoot pucks on the net, but they have no one to finish. And that even translated into Ottawa when the game was scoreless for the first 45 minutes, and it took Victor Rask hey, Victor. and an empty net goal by Parise to be the heroes and get them an actual get them a victory for once. So it's going to be a grinded-out kind of season for the Wild like this. And Ryan Suter said on Saturday, that's, these are the games we want to win, i.e. in Iowa, 2-0, 1-0, I just think that's going to be incredibly hard to do. One, because today's NHL, it's just... That just doesn't seem like a res- good recipe for success nowadays. And that the wild forwards are not doing their job. And the defense is also being very sloppy, too. So it's one game you got the win, you got the monkey off the bat. But so far, uh, it, it's, been, it's been very ugly hockey through four games. There's nothing about um, this team's 1-4 start thus far that surprises me one bit. This was, to me, this, this team is playing like this team should be playing. Right. They're not very good. Their goaltending is Dubnik. If if hey look, if the defense and the team in front of Devin Dubnik is strong, he's a pretty good goaltender. Yeah. If it's not, he can't carry you. Right. The defense 
Um, Matt Dumba's game on Saturday surprised me because he's a good player. Yeah, he's had a And he did start. not have a good game. Uh, but that being said, you know, and Spurgeon got off to a bad start too. But I think Spurgeon's fine. I think Spurgeon's good. I think Suter's good. I think Dumba, Dumba's, yeah. Dumba's going to do dumb things and make dumb mistakes. But ultimately, as we've talked about on this podcast before, he's Brent Burns. So you say, okay, you screwed up too bad. Um, but let's get to the forwards. And the forwards on this team simply aren't very good. They've got no center. They've got wingers that, you know, don't finish. Um, Eric Stahl, the Eric Stahl I've seen so far looks basically cooked. Yep. And if he's hurt, he shouldn't be playing. Um, so nothing about this start surprises me. This is this team. I, I am at, I am as at peace as I've ever been with this franchise now because <laughs> this is the year that we've been talking about for a long time, yep. and it was coming. And unless, the by grace of God, somebody calls up Billy Guerin and says – you want Ryan O'Reilly or something? You know, you wanna you want Sidney Crosby? You want a star player, which they're not going to do. This is not going to be a good team. It's not a playoff team. I think we erred after seeing them. Now, I think our mistake was saying, well, they might be, and we both said this, a seven or eight playoff. Yeah, that was wild best card case, team. I think. Best, case, best case. I don't see that now, but that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, but I think the key thing that Garen and uh, uh, probably more importantly, Bruce Boudreaux, Craig Leopold, need to do is come to acceptance. The acceptance that this team is not going to be good. They're not good. And if they go on spurts where they play well, it's going to be fluky. Like, there's nothing about So I watched that game on Saturday. They, of course, in Furious Rally style, (laughs) you know, put on a third-period press, which they can do. But ultimately, they're not good enough to sustain that. No. And this is a team of old players who look old and young players who aren't prepared. This doesn't mean, and by the way, this does not mean that the young players are all going to fail, but at this point in time in their careers, they aren't there yet. And it's just not a good team. And you saw on Saturday in the last two minutes of that game, when, when the furious rallies came alive, as you like to say, Felino and Hartman were on the ice for the extra man. That wasn't just because guys were tired or Bruce was trying to shake things up. Bruce said that was, they were the only two players that, showed that they wanted to be on the ice. Yeah. And the young kids were off the ice. And even the veterans were off the ice. Matt Zuccarello right now is completely lost. Eric Stahl's lost. And he's now hurt. Yes, and that's concerning. I mean, that was your free agent prize. That was the guy that was supposed to essentially replace Mikhail Granlin in the lineup and be your offensive driver. And he, after a really strong preseason, too, has looked lost. Jordan Greenway looks lost. This wild team so far has led for just 23 minutes. They've played five games, yep. so 60 times... Five, I believe, is 300. I can't believe I just did the math off the top of my head. That was very good. Only 23 minutes had they led. That's the lowest in the NHL by far. The next closest team, the Canadians, at 43 minutes. And yeah. Montreal's not off to a great start either. So they have to figure out a way to get a lead and keep it. And, and that starts with scoring early. But right now, this, this team can't even score, and Bruce is left scratching normal players. The beauty, though, is they really don't. Just lose games. It doesn't matter. True. Also true. Like, there's nothing about... I know you want them to lose. Well, but there's nothing about this year that is about trying to win. True. Like, if for anybody out there who's like, this is very disappointing. No, it's not. This has been coming. This is... If I tell you, and I'm not saying that the people that predict the uh, weather are always correct, but if I tell you on Sunday, on Friday, hunker down, tornadoes are coming. Yep. And then you're like, oh, it's going to... You know what? Friday, let's go to the beach. Let's go to the beach and hang out. It's going to be great. And I'm like, oh, no, no. Tornadoes are coming. And you're like, nope, going to be at the beach. 
and on Friday you go to the beach and you get blown away. That's your fault. Yep. So for anybody who's like, this wild team, this is very disappointing. And we all told you when they went, when Fenton threw the Hail Mary for God knows why on Zuccarello, we're all like, what are you doing with that contract? He's not a bad player and he could certainly help a team, but your team. And so this is all predictable and it's not upsetting. And in fact, this is ultimately how you get good. Because would there be anything worse than sneaking into the playoffs? Like if this team rallies somehow, which I don't think they will, but let's say they do. And let's say they're a 7 or 8 seed and they get bounced first round. That's the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah. Bruce said last year, at some point in time, I think Bruce was basically told, hey, this is going downhill fast. Would you be willing to be part of a rebuild? And I think Boudreaux said, absolutely. I've never done that before, but I, I would do that. Well, here we are. And you know what? I think he deserves a chance. He does. The only thing, I, I will agree with Zach a little bit. I would like to see him leave lines together because he's trying to milk goals and milk wins. Don't bother doing that. Garrett needs to tell him, don't bother doing that. Yeah. Don't, I don't, put your lines together, uh, especially the kids, and leave them there. Don't try and milk goals here because well, you're not going to score enough. You're not going to win enough. It's okay. It's true. And it's true that you'd like to see some more continuity and longer leashes, but I can get it from his side of you're 0-4. You are scrambling so hard to score goals right now. You're now scratching guys that we thought would be regulars in the lineup. You're trying everything you can. And he told Michael Russo of The Athletic, too, that I hate doing this. You know, he doesn't, the he doesn't get an lines. enjoyment of doing this. He wants to keep lines right. uh, together. And, look, I, I know you, there might be people that want, want him to stick together and and—, and and get it going, but right now they're just not maturing, so they have to change them up. Matt Zuccarello and Eric Stahl are gripping the sticks too hard, man. But Eric Stahl shouldn't be playing. He should be. But, he, but that's yeah. the thing is, if you wanna, if you wanna like try, I don't know what you're doing because Stahl is he means well. He's just an older player, and I think he's hurt right now. If you really wanna, if you're like, okay, this is really bad, don't juggle the lines. Send him to the press box. Yeah, not as punishment. He's just say he's hurt. Right, and that's with Stall and Zuccarello. They did that lower body injury. Bang! You're not going on the trip. I'm fine with that too. I am so at peace with this team right now. I've never been so at peace because to me it's so crystal clear. Yeah, this is a year about taking it in the kisser. And you know why it doesn't bug me? Because the North Stars had to do the same exact thing. That's how they got Madano. Yeah, they got Mikey by being awful. And Louis talks about that. And Louis said that he, when when that team was terrible, he went to the guns and he basically told them. I might be able to get us in the playoffs. But you know what? It's a short-term spurt. But if we're bad, we're either going to get Mike Madano or Trevor Linden. And I suggest we be bad. That's this team. Right. Bill Guerin, go to Bruce and say you're not getting fired, at least not right now. We're going to be bad. Yeah, and I know the Wild didn't have much luck in the draft lottery this last year with them falling in Chicago, naturally moving into the top four. Da, 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 oh, my God. Da, 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 da. And Keep at the same time, people that thought, well, like, why would you want the Wild to be bad? How could you even say that? Because for the last six years, they've either not had a first-round pick, missed on first-round picks, have been middling, and it's hard to get top-end talent in the middle of your first round. Yes. So you have to put yourself in a position to be good in the draft or have good results in the draft lottery and good odds. And you do that by being bad. I'm sorry, but you do that by being bad. I know the bottom line doesn't want to hear that. I get that the season ticket holders don't want to do that. But right now, you're really not at a point where you should be, like you said, 
milking a ton of wins. I think it'd be nice for the Wild to win a game for morale's sake and for our sake so it's not just they losses. They did. They beat the Senators. And they beat the Sens. And it took Victor Rask to beat the Sens. Yeah, they can't score. It's okay. just six minutes of ice time. Well, and I'm not... Listen, if I thought that they could be good, I'm not suggesting they be bad on purpose. What I'm saying is, and I've been saying this for three years, this day, this season was coming. This was coming. Prezi is tailed off. Koivu, God bless him, tries hard, but he's an o- older player. Eric Stahl looks awful. Zuccarello, I'm sure, is hurt, but he looked awful. He right. looked completely lost. I believe he, he was a minus six uh, through the Pittsburgh game. Um, so, like, there's nowhere to be good here. There's no you're I'm sure you're going to have a stretch, a 10 game stretch where you get a little bit hot and win six games. That's this league. Uh, I get that. But you tell me, like, where do you suddenly say, oh, you know, we didn't see uh, uh, this kid that just came up. Mayhew. Is that right? Yeah. The kid from Iowa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jerry time. You know, oh, my God, he scored 10 goals. This is unbelievable. And 10. That's not probably going to happen. So this is just about the acceptance of where this franchise is, is at. And. You know, in Bill Guerin's case, this is the greatest time to come in because there's no it's not like he it's not like he inherited a juggernaut that just signed Parisian suitor and was going to get good. And now the GM's been fired. And, oh, my God, we got to win, win, win. This is all about observation. And it's about the fact that your reality right now is what this team is doing. And I believe that's going to be, for the majority of 2019-20, the case. Yeah, and right now you're seeing players getting scratched. Kevin Fiala will be scratched before yeah, the Maple Leafs game. That. And he's been someone, he's been puzzling to me because there's moments in the offensive zone where you can see that there's a lot of skill there and raw talent, but then he'll turn over the puck. He, it's like almost he holds on to it too much. Yes, I agree. And I think that's what it is. But he's got a good shot. He's got a great shot. It's a very bizarre set of circumstances. So, I don't I don't really understand how he, like why he's playing like this and I think maybe he's just trying to really impress someone and dance around and 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 he's gripping it too hard. So now Mayhew has to come in and maybe he maybe he does spark something. This is a team that's in the dump, so maybe maybe Jerry Mayhew is someone. Iowa has had zero success in the last 10 years. He had a great season last year, had a great playoff run. So maybe that is something to build upon. They have no real game breaker. I'm not saying Mayhew's going to be a game breaker, but at least it's something to look forward to. Right? He'll get a greasy goal here and there, right? Yeah. I just hope that eventually they Ryan Donato finds his way back into a more of a major role and isn't playing just eight minutes a night. Do you find it um, intriguing, interesting, and the Rask being scratched for, what, the first four games or three games? Not surprising. Not surprising. But do you find it intriguing that the scratches so far have been Fenton guys? Rask got scratched. Donato got scratched for the home opener against Pittsburgh, which I think surprised some. And that's when Rask got back in. And and now uh, for the game tonight, which will be game six in Toronto, Fiala gets scratched. All Fenton guys, all Paul's pride and joy guys, especially um, Fiala. Do you find that to be – do you think that's a coincidence or do you think that that is a little bit of a head scratcher meant to be like, well, you know what, boys? We didn't trade for you. He did, and he's gone. Right. I, I can definitely see how you could one could look at it as, all right, Fenton, this was your S platter. I inherited it. These guys aren't working. Um, I'm a little surprised Fiala got scratched over Cunning. I thought Luke Cunning on Monday was awful. Uh, I thought, didn't think he was very impressive on Saturday either, so I thought it would be Cunning coming out of the Back lineup. on the wing, too. And back on the wing. starting at center. So I was a little surprised it was Fiala instead of Cunning, but I'm not, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked by it. Um, 
I just think that you look at Ryan Donato and you look at these Greenways and, and Cunnins and X and who really haven't played very well, I think it's very interchangeable who can come in and out of the lineup at this point. I think X probably playing the best by default. You know, I don't think X been world beating, but he hasn't been noticeable in a bad way, and I think even Boudreaux's been complimentary of his game through five weeks, and you really can't afford to take out a center. I was gonna say he's a center, so who's gonna come out, you know? So He's clearly coming going back there. I don't think so. I he, hope not. Bruce is clearly comfortable with Rask in a fourth line role again, playing six minutes a night. But he's obviously not comfortable getting him any more minutes. And even though he's been a point for game player, two points, two games, uh, he's not someone that probably should be really be playing more than ten minutes a night. And he really can't skate, which is a problem. It's be, awful because the sport is hockey. I, I he just can't skate. How does a guy go from? Having decent possession numbers and decent numbers in Carolina, and I know the Hurricanes weren't a very good team when he was excelling, but how does a guy just, how does his skating just completely fall off the cliff like that? He hasn't been able to skate since he got here. I mean, he got here last year in what, February? It was bad. All right, so my spies tell me, (laughs) my spies say Donato is flat out not that good. That's what he got here and he played fantastic. Yeah. It it was pointed out to me that I believe it was last seven or eight games of 2018, 19. He had one assist and I have flat out been told he ain't that that good. He's probably a fourth line guy and that there's a reason why the Bruins had him in Providence and not in Boston when the coil trade was made. So because when Donato got here and he came here and shot and perhaps it's just because he shot a lot. And as you said, Fiala does not like to shoot. How many guys has this team had that don't shoot? Yeah. So the fact that Donato shot impressed me. I'm like, hey, a guy who's willing to take shots and gets him on goal. Uh, but if that's the case and he's not that good, I'm still not that down on, on the trade, though, because if your exchange was, well, you would have kept Coyle and Granlund. All right, there's slight improvements, but guess what? They're probably slight improvements, so you missed the playoffs by two points instead of ten. Yeah. So I'm not even sure. In some ways, I think Fenton did this franchise a weird favor because if they fall off the map in 2019-20 because of Paul's moves, I almost like that more than, hey, Charlie moved from center to wing back to center, and he scored 20 goals, and by the way, we missed the playoffs by by uh, two points, or we made the playoffs, and we got into the first round, and we were out in four games. And I think the good part, too, about this is financially speaking, you, the Wild are in a good spot signing those guys all to bridge deals. So Fiala and Donato signing bridge deals that you can get out of essentially by next season if you really want to. And that was the that was a big thing, too, with trading Granlin and Nino and Coyle is, yes, they were probably better players right now than all those younger guys, but they didn't help your salary cap any in any fashion. And now signing Zuccarello to a non-move clause to another veteran, I, I don't understand. But at least you're somewhat setting yourself up that in, in two years here, if things start to turn around and Kaprizov's here and you start knocking on that window, opening that window, as Thad Levine likes to say of the Twins, then you're in position where you can actually go in the free agent, free agent market and spend. Yep. And Donato, I, I still would like to see more. I still would like him to be in the lineup and not be I agree the victim of a scratch. Yep. I, think the, I, I think the mentality of shoot first, even, the, even if it's um, misleading, is still something this team needs. So I, I want Donato still in the lineup, and I think it's unfortunate he's being scratched. And obviously, he's a great character guy because no one, everyone just says nothing but positive things about him. Yeah. So I think he's someone that needs to be in the lineup and shouldn't be the odd man out just because the Wild aren't, aren't playing very well. I'm with you completely, and here's my thing. One, don't send guys down. Unless the guy's a total bum and you think he's a bad apple. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think the guy's a bad guy, that, that's different. 
But if it's a guy that you're like, yeah, he's not that good, we don't play him. Play him all the time. And, and Fiala being scratched, and I know that they're going to say it's to give him a jolt. It's to give him a jolt. But this organization, how long have they watched veteran players take powders on them? And they don't do a damn thing about it, right? Yeah. So, again, and again, this comes back to if I'm Fiala and I'm watching Eric Stahl play right now, I'm like, wait, hold on a second here. Wait, 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 wait. We're a bad team. I'm a young player. I'm struggling, not yeah. playing well. And I'm watching number 12 try and play, and it looks like he's playing in old-timers games, and I'm being scratched. That don't fly. So unless you're prepared to do this to everybody who's not playing well, I don't want to see the, these guys scratched. I want Donato to play. I want Fiala to play. I want Greenway to play. Unless you can come and sit and tell me if he's a bad kid, in which case I would say trade him then. But if this is all about Sparks, my God, I'm watching veteran players out there on Saturday, and I'm like, do you want me to give him a spark? I'll scratch a lot of guys with a lot of, of zeros at the end of their contracts. And I am with you completely. Play the kids. Play the kids. Fiala, okay. but And you know what? Worst case, Dex, at the end of this year, you're not any good. Right. Trade him, dump him. That's fine at that time. But – Find out what you have and don't try again. The Fiala scratch to me seems to be like trying to milk it to be like next game. He'll come back and score a goal and perhaps he will. But I need to see these guys play as much as I possibly can. And I think Boudreaux reading between the lines a little bit on Saturday. I think he wants to put those young guys in the situation where they're on the ice in that extra attacker and trying and I think to, this trying is to score a goal. Too, but too. A little bit. I think this is both guys. Okay. So I think that maybe they're working hand in hand, but I think Bruce wants to put those guys in a situation where they can possibly be a hero and learn from it. Sure. But instead he goes with Felino and Hartman, and I guess reward system, I get it, but I think as the season goes on and if the situations arise again like we saw against Pittsburgh where a rally happens in the third period, I think it is Bruce Boudreaux's obligation to play those younger players. And Hartman is a, in, in, in my mind, if I am Billy Guerin, Hartman is a zero player to me. Hartman is a great third or fourth line guy on a good team where that where his work is awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's great to watch. But he's a zero player because I have no use for him. Yeah. Like, what's he going to do? Oh, my God, he scored a goal, and I won game 48 because of Hartman. A big bleeping deal. Yeah. Like, think about where your team is at. And and if the Wild was good, if this was Prezi and Suter's second year, Hartman would be great. Yeah, be Works awesome. hard, might be a playoff guy, but he doesn't do a thing for me now. Oh, he works hard. Well, I better have veterans who are really damn good who try and work hard. So, to me, this whole thing, like playing Felino and and Hartman in the, the situation against the Penguins that you just brought up, okay, it's, it's the home opener. It's what, at that time, game four? Yeah. But in game 10, I don't want to see that. You're right. The obligation is play those kids. And if they don't do well, guess what? Okay, I learned something about them. Yeah. And I, this yeah. is all about learning. This is why Bruce has to be told you are not being judged on points. And it's even, I think, more telling, too, that guys like Jason Zucker wasn't on the ice either. I mean, Zucker wasn't on the ice, I believe, for that six-on-four or whatever it was, six-on-five in the last few minutes of the game as well. Zucker's also been struggling a little bit and not being able to consistently create offense, which is yeah, a killer. He just doesn't fit yeah. anymore. It, uh, he had a – well, actually, it was. He had the point-blank shot he right alone in front of the net. And if he has a cleaner shot, then all of a sudden it's a one-goal game with three and a half, four minutes to play. Uh, so that was that, that's just as frustrating. It's not just younger guys not capitalizing or not being put in situations. It's veterans, too, that 
aren't living up to what they should be doing. And I think Bruce is starting to notice that. Well, and how can you not? Yeah. I mean, how, how many times last year did we see Jason have the same exact problem that he had against Pittsburgh? How many times did we see him miss the net or be, be basically standing in front? And, and if I'm not mistaken, on Saturday he did tip in the uh, the one shot from the point. But if it's up to me now to, if I'm Garen, I am very quietly starting to, comb- uh, to compile a list of guys that I can go to and say, I'd like to move you. Do you really want to be here for this? Do you really want to be here for this potential gong show? Zucker's on that list. Now, he has a, a no-trade clause, but it's only partial if I'm not mistaken. So there's still teams that he can be dealt to. I hope this guy's play improves, but I've got to move Stahl. I've got to move him, and he can be a third-line guy to help a playoff team out. Yeah. Now, at his current rate, I can't trade him. No, But hopefully can't. it picks up. And then I think we discussed this on the last podcast, but I also quietly have to go to Zach and say, have your agent call teams. Tell me what I can get for you. And I think the frustration is mounting for him. It's starting to mount again as we saw. Oh, and I think he wants to summer. win. Yeah. And he signed here to win. Yeah. And, and yeah, but I just think he's the type of guy I think, because my sense is that Suter wants to be here. I don't think he wants to be traded. Yeah. Um, so I think he would stay here through 12 points. I think I agree with that. If yeah. that's what, if that's what it came down to, I think on Zach, Zach basically through, uh, through, uh, Russo in the athletic, in what June or July came out and said yeah. that I'm frustrated, blah, blah, blah. But at this point in time, I, the reality has to be, it's not going to be good. And so if his agent can work out a trade and I'm talking about for a draft pick back or something mm-hmm. and a team will take him. And I, you know what? I think on the right team, he could help them. Yeah. Now, do I think that there's as much there as there was four years ago with all the injuries and things for Zach Preezy? Absolutely not. But I think that he could help a team and serve a role. Uh, and I know there's a lot left on that contract, so I don't know how, yeah, how it's, it's com- done. It's complicated. But but I think you at least have to offer him a lifeline of we'll get you out of here because this is not going. This is not what you signed up for, and it's going to be miserable. You know, some of the young guys might rally around this and be like, "Yeah, we're bad now, but wait." But if you're crazy, you did not come here for this. No, you didn't. Let's uh, at least. At least- in a lighter note, Kirill Kaprizov is still yeah, tearing it up Yeah, what's the Kirill Kaprizov update? This guy is so good, man. He scores a 100th goal uh, as we record this podcast on a Tuesday, October 15th. Took him just 170 days. He's 22 years old to score 100 goals uh, in the KHL, KHL. already. He's, Which is he's, a very good league. It's a very good league. Um Nikita Gusev did it in, in 85 days, which is even more impressive. But he was also 25, so he's a little bit more mature. Okay. Uh, Alexander Radlov had, had, did it also in, in, in 211 days. So I'm just trying to say that this is not an anomaly. These are guys, like you said, in the KHL that are very skilled and can actually put up goals. And getting them over here, I think, is, yeah, the top party number one. I think Garen probably should be uh, in Russia right now trying to trying to figure this out. I think Russo reported that he's going to be there in late November, correct? He's going Something over like there, that. I think, yeah. from late November into early December to talk to him. And it sounds like, so what? It sounds like Kaprasov, uh, the plan is for him to be here next season, his center possibly to come along. Yeah. Is that, that right? Might, that's like a tag team. Okay. Russo said that that could and be is a that tag guy, team. Now, is that guy, are his rights not owned? I don't think they are. I don't believe they are. I don't. I don't think he's okay. drafted or owned by any team. Because if you could go, which is big, which is huge. Because if you could go, Kaprasov, a guy he likes. Because I don't care his who buddy. who it is. His yeah. buddy is fine. He could tag along, yeah. high draft pick. 
That changes things quickly. Yeah, here. and also New Jersey, who look, I think is going to be a fun team to watch, but is clearly off. Is going to be a bad team at the end of the day this off year. Off to a bad start. Um, if you can get Gusev over here too, and just essentially have a, a Russian party over here in Minnesota in the state of hockey, that would be awesome. I think it would help the transition with for Kaprizov, and you would get more skilled players. You at least you'd at least have talent to build around. You do everything you can that that guy wants. Yeah, he he's your he is potentially. You're Carl Towns, right? Yeah. If you're this team, if you're if you're Bill Guerin, because if you could get Kaprasov here in 2020-21, a high draft pick, your defense is pretty good. Yeah. Like you could transition this thing. I'm not I'm not saying that you would be a Stanley Cup contender, but you could make yourself into a viable playoff team very quickly. And if you have, you know, a decent draft pick then after the 2020-21 season, you'd be in good shape. So this turnaround could be pretty quick. It could be quick, yeah. It's not to like you a... being competitive. Yeah. Because to me, this team is not going to be competitive. Right. But again, I tell Kaprasov, hey, look, we're, we're um, tearing it down to the studs, basically. Yeah. But when you get here, it goes up quickly. Let's transition a little bit into uh, some Twitter questions here. This is from our friend Leslie. When will Bruce Boudreaux be fired? Interesting. Uh, Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic caught up with Bill Guerin in Toronto today uh, for a Q&A. And not surprisingly, Bill spoke very highly of Bruce, said that he didn't really know him before he got the job here, but had obviously played in series against Bruce's uh, Capitals when Bill was in Pittsburgh as a player, liked him as a coach, is impressed. I don't think he's fired. I don't think there's any reason to. I think you, if you get somebody in here, if you fire Bruce and bring in a guy again, I'll say it, to milk some wins, you know, Oh, the Wild fired Bruce at, at uh, Thanksgiving time, and now they got a young coach in here, and he's and he gets quick wins. Doesn't do you a bit of good. No, I think if you like Boudreaux, stick with him unless you decide that he is absolutely the worst coach in history. Which I which, think he's a good coach. Yes, there's no way That's that Bill Guerin says, "Oh, Bruce is bad." So now, now, do I think in April when, when the season is done that you sit down and evaluate? Absolutely, go for it. But if if we're talking about if anybody really thinks that the firing of Boudreaux is going to spark this team, you're absolutely crazy. That's not true. So if it's me, I do not fire him, and I go to I go to him today and I tell him your job for the entirety of the 2019-20 season, Declan, is completely safe. Kevin Gustafson wants to know what's wrong with Donato, which is a very good question. Um, just oh, from I a told, told you what my spies, yeah, might not be that good. You might not be that great. Uh, I, I still think he's being put in a difficult situation. He's getting the shortest end of the stick of all the young players and all the players that are in and out, bubble players out of the lineup. Uh, but I, I, I'm with you that it's definitely a little concerning that we saw him come here, have a great 20 games or so after it was after the trade deadline, and so far has been pretty much ineffective and really haven't even seen the shot the shots come from him either. So it's I think uh, yesterday against the Senators, he also struggled again. I'm not sure if he'll be in the lineup as as we record this against the Maple Leafs. I think he is, but he's going to have to pull. I think a, he's going to have to show a lot against the Maple Leafs to stay in the lineup after the road or into the road Quit trip. Quit scratching the kids! Come on, I agree. No, I, don't I don't want it. the kids anymore. I don't, don't want send it as well. Them to Iowa, they're not going. They're not. And I am so sick of this of this story that that Greenway and Cunning and Donato got sent to the. Iowa Wild last year for the playoffs, and that Greenway and Donato didn't embrace it, and that's somehow a mark on their character. Yeah, they had played full seasons. Yeah, sending them to Iowa, what to get AHL playoff experience is a Paul Fenton special. In fact, you know what? That should be held against Fenton. 
having those kids go down, down there and then saying, well, they didn't play, they didn't work hard enough or whatever. They took a powder on their American Hockey League team. And again, you can't say that when you have veterans up here who have been taking powders on the NHL team yeah. for how long? You know? So, like, you can't be like, well, Donato and Greenway disappointed us. Bleep you. How many veterans have disappointed you and played locker room lawyer and tried to run this team? So don't give me that. And if Donato's not that good, it's disappointing. But that's different than we're going to screw with his mind. And, yeah, you're gonna, if you're going to screw with people's minds, start doing it with veteran players. Have the balls to do that. And not to really know what goes through Cunning and Greenway's head, but, I mean, with what we alluded to on the podcast earlier, clearly everyone in the organization loves Ryan Donato. So I don't think it was a character issue, right? I mean, it wasn't. Well, he was probably worn down and said, why am I going to Iowa to play? Yeah, and I but, agree but with this him. whole notion of, well, I'm going to go. And yeah. Fenton's problem, too, is his pride and joy. American Hockey League <laughs> affiliates because he loved the Milwaukee thing. And so, yeah, that whole thing is just give Donato a chance. If he's not good, he's not good. But let's not base it on character concerns for a team that's had character concerns, Declan, for a good eight years. And I'll give him credit here, and I'm sure he's now dialing me up as we speak as I hear it. But my brother weighs in. Liam weighs in on the show. Liam. He said, Boudreaux started 1-9 one and, one and nine in his final season in Anaheim for riding the ship and winning division title. While the Wild haven't played well, isn't it a tad early to completely panic? Line combos and solid pairings usually aren't figured out until well into November. Okay. Don't panic. Th- there is no panic. I'm at peace. Yeah, th- th- I don't think there's a panic here. Th- they, they aren't a good team. Let's just face it. They aren't a good team. They're even worse than we thought they were in the summer. This is not a very good team. And also, sorry, brother, but... Even though Boudreaux wrote that ship, he still got fired at the end of the season. Not to say that if Boudreaux writes this ship, wins the Wild, uh, metaphorically wins a division, and gets bows out in the playoffs, he'd be fired. But he still got canned. So I, I and I, and and Anaheim, even though I know Perry's game has just completely fallen off a cliff, Getzloff and Perry in 2015-16 were still far better players than what the Wild have right now. So let me tell you a story, Liam. Here's a story. <laughs> that year. The Wild played the Ducks during the course of that losing streak on a Saturday night 5 o'clock game, okay? I believe, the, and I believe their road trip ended in Chicago. And literally the talk before that game is, is Boudreaux, if they lose at the X, going to be fired and not go to Chicago? And so they did lose. Wild won. I went to, just because I'm a morbid human being, yep. the Ducks room after the loss. And what you just said. Completely true. I walked into that room, and who's there answering questions? And looking like he might kill somebody, but nonetheless, answering questions. Gets love. Okay? That guy is basically Messier-lite. If the Wild had that guy, I might say they got a fighting chance because he's going to beat people up. Yeah. Like Donato and Fiala might get beat up badly. Like, Getzloff had this look like, this is going to end, and it's going to end soon. And he wasn't obnoxious, and he wasn't nasty, but, my God, I was like, whoa. Yeah. that Oh, so that's what a captain looks like, huh? That's a real captain. Uh, and sure enough, they got hot and played great. But that team, one, had more talent. This team does not have good forwards, aging and too young. That team had talent, and that team had a guy who basically took people by their collars and said, we're going to start to win hockey games, and if we don't, your life is in jeopardy. Yeah. So, Liam, that's my story of the difference between Boudreaux's Ducks and Boudreaux's Wild. And also, he rotated two goalies in, in and out of the lineup very nicely, too. Frederick Anderson and John Gibson. Actually, when, when we're done with uh, questions, 
Let's get to that. Yeah, and I think we can transition to that right now. I mean, Alex Stalock looked great in Ottawa, and now Dubnik gets the back-to-back. I, but my bigger question is, does Stalock come back out there on Thursday when they play Montreal? He should. He should play it. He should play against them. This, to me, to me, and I don't even care now because I think that, that they are going to lose games. So I don't say this with a lot of passion, but to me, there is no reason now not to rotate your goaltenders. Correct. Dubnik, and, Dubnik looks and if Stalock, and if Stalock, cooked, man. Well, here's the question on Dubnik. Here's my question for you. And it's a back-to-back. So I don't know how you're going to respond to my question. But if Dubnik had got the shutout in in Ottawa on Monday afternoon, who plays tonight in Toronto? Stalock regardless. I okay. think Stalock plays regardless. Okay. And that's why I'm okay with Dubnik playing tonight, okay? But I think Stalock comes back on Thursday. Dubnik goes on Sunday in, I, I think, a 4 o'clock game against Montreal at the X. By the way, brilliant scheduling. Vikings play at noon. Why not put a home game at 4 o'clock instead of 7, you idiots? <laughs> what the hell are you people doing? I want to go see the Habs. This is a personal This is a personal uh, vendetta that makes me mad. I am just speaking for myself. But anyway, uh, I don't see any reason why Alex Daylock should not play more now. Again, we're not talking about a playoff team. Give the kid a chance. Why not play him? And guess what? He can move the puck. And I know at times it looks goofy. But the more that you can get that puck transitioned, I don't even care if he gives up goals doing it at times. The more that you can get that puck up to those forwards who struggle to score and the quicker to give them better opportunities, the better. And here's the thing. I understand. Dubnik's going to try it too because if Stalock does it, Dubnik does some weird stuff, he can't move the puck, okay? No comparison there. It's awful. But this is a case. This is a very simple case that both those goaltenders should play. And there is also a big case here that Backup goaltenders' numbers get extremely skewed because when you're playing the heels on a back-to-back, which is typically when a backup goaltender gets in the lineup, his numbers look, I think, worse because he's playing in front of a tired team. So tonight, or I should say on Tuesday when they play Toronto, Dubnik might not look great because his play, because his teammates in front of him just grinded at 60 minutes out less than 24 hours ago. Great point. So I think it should be part of the rotation that Stalock should just not be the second of a back-to-back and once every 15 starts, which is for what he has been for the last, I think now, two years here in Minnesota. Which is ridiculous. And which is ridiculous. So, look, Dubnik, I think, can still play, and he's made some really big... He's he's played exactly who I think he is, and he's a guy who can make great high-danger saves, but can do something so puzzling and stupid that leaves you so still scratching your head. He's still that goaltender, sure. but he's also getting older. He's not the same goalie he was five, six years ago when, when he saved your season. better rested. And he, and he needs more rest, and, yeah. and that is definitely going to be a Devin issue, and I don't care about... I don't care, Devin, that you're, that you're not playing 60 starts anymore. This team really can't afford to being in a situ, to put themselves in a situation where they run Devin Dubnik out 60 games a season just because he's Devin Dubnik. Just want to just want to close right. on that. No, you're exactly right. That's exactly right. And and Stalock, Stalock should play more for Dubnik's sake. Yes, this team not good everything enough. Everything better. Well, right. And this team's not good enough. It's not. So, do you really want to play consistently and give up five to six goals per night? I don't think so. And so, bring Stalock back in Montreal. Play Dubnik. Just rotate him. Yeah. And and if one starts going great guns. Maybe start that guy back to back or a couple. I don't know. Fifty thirty, I think, would be a nice ratio but by that's the end of the exactly year. Exactly fine. Fifty thirty would be a great ratio, and I think a realistic one. Do we have any more Twitter questions? That, or we the, no, that, that that's it. That that that's all we got. Okay. Um, your most pleasant surprise from what? Not two weeks in, right? Two weeks in, National Hockey League 
season. So let's forget about the home team for a second. What is the most pleasant surprise to you? I am surprised how good Carolina has been. I thought that they would come down. I know they can score goals. That's Liam's team. That's Liam's team. Uh, I'm I, I'm, a, I'm a little surprised how good they have played uh, through a hole here. Sabers too. Uh, I mean, uh, who would have thought Buffalo uh, would be five and zero here through six or five zero and one through Buffalo, six games? Buffalo, though, at one point under Housley last year, weren't they in first place overall? They might have the been. league in like November or something at been. some point in time. Um, and then they just collapsed, and their goaltending and, went in the crapper. And I'm, uh, I don't know if I voiced to you, but I think I did. But th- yes. I think these Vegas Golden Knights are going to go all the way. I think Vegas looks a lot sweet of right now in the that. West. And that's not a hot take by any means, but I, I think um, I think Vegas, after that first great year and last year, they had that great series with the Kings. I think uh, early on, Vegas still does look like the Western Conference favorites to make it. As disappointment, as a flip-flop of this, yep. Dallas, I think Jim Montgomery is on borrowed time here, and he's going to be out very What's soon. What's going on there? Uh, do you think they they are as we tape this seven games one five and one goal differential minus ten dropped three consecutive yeah I I am, they're supposed to be I'm good. puzzled I picked them to win a division um I Boy, thought your picks were they were awful yeah uh, I was hanging out with Rami I think beforehand uh, I think Dallas your Nashville is in a boatload of trouble here and when the Wild are one five and one it's like oh okay this was expected but when the Dallas Stars are one five and one this is completely different because it's a team that's built to win now and they have stars on their team. Pun intended. They signed uh, uh, Pavelski, too. Yes, they have firepower. He went there because they're supposed to be good. To be the best offensive team in hockey. Ben Bishop, that that blue line core. Yeah, they were supposed to still be good. I think Jim Montgomery is gone here very, very soon. Do you think that this is a coach problem or an underachieving player problem? I haven't looked too far into say say it's an underachieving player problem, so I don't want to say that, but I, I think it's coaching. I think this guy is an underwhelming guy who had a great little run at DU. He was a great college hockey coach. Same kind of thing happened with Dave Haxtell in yeah. Philadelphia, you know? And and that's not to say college hockey coaches can't come over here and be successful in the NHL. I just think the body of work of Jim Montgomery was too small for that to happen. My pleasant surprise, and I am so happy about this. So happy. The Edmonton Oilers. Oh, yeah. Five wins, one loss. They lost their first game of the season at uh, the United Center on Monday night to the Blackhawks, who, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, got their first win in that game, just like the Wild won earlier in the day uh, against the Senators in Ottawa. But anyway, the Oilers are 5-1-0, 10 points. This makes me so happy. The Edmonton Oilers, please keep it up. I want to see you be good so bad. I want McDavid. This league doesn't just need. This league demands Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl and that group in the playoffs. Hopefully making a playoff run. I am I am at peace with the Wild, but I am not at peace with the Oilers continuing to be bad, continuing to be run horribly, which previously, obviously, with our buddy Peter Torelli, they were. Um, the Edmonton Oilers, I am so happy because I want this team, and they don't have to be great, but they have to make the playoffs. I've got to see... Can you imagine that star they power? Need, they, the league needs them to be. They the have to. Yeah, league they have to. The or at some point in time, you got to get the poor kid out of the godforsaken <laughs> uh, uh, town. But the Oilers being good is huge. My surprise so far. Let's see, because I I am completely with you, Declan, on Dallas. My surprise so far, the Devils. Oh yeah, I thought... 4 two. Yeah, yeah. Jack Hughes, I believe, no points. To date, and he's basically playing top line yeah. or second line. Yep. But um, the Devils, Taylor Hall, and that's my question, too. And it's six games in, so I have no clue here if this is going to take place or not. But 
if the Devils aren't good, and they've got that great young group, that great young core, which I think eventually will be good, though, and Taylor Hall's like, I'm not going to come back here. Do you trade him? Because I think that you have to, and the question becomes where. Yeah, that's a great – he would be a sought-after – he'd be the most It's only six guy. games, so yeah, it's yeah. premature. But, yeah, he would be a guy that could help a team, not just a little bit, but a ton. But, uh, yeah, the Devils, I thought – I didn't think that they were going to be great, but I thought with that young cord, they would certainly be uh, competitive. And so far, they are 0-4-2. They don't have a win yet, and they're uh, – oh, gold – uh, goal differential for them for the Devils at this point is a minus sixteen. Also, Taylor Hall's a rental. He'll be a rental this year because he's a UFA this year. Yes, summer. but that's my point. Is yeah. like, but he'd be worth a ton. Oh yeah, and make the Devils good if they they could get you know three parts for him and high draft picks. And then if you look at the teams that he could potentially go to, a Colorado, a St. Louis, back to Edmonton. Oh maybe. yeah, maybe. But they are a minus sixteen. They have lost six consecutive games. I would love to see them go back to Edmonton. Make that happen. They screwed up the first time. That's for it's sure. A, that's Can you imagine that guy it. on a line with Bleep It Connor McDavid? Uh, well, didn't it already happen once? Uh, yes, <laughs> but, it did, but they screwed it up. Yes, they did. All right. Final thoughts? Or are you good? I'm good. I, right. I have voiced my opinions. All right. Judd's Hockey Show. We will talk to you next week. And by then, who knows? The Wild, they could have two wins by L- then. They'll have three wins in a row, and this town will be back again, I guess. All right. Talk to you. Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.